Go Bear, go home. <laughs> Zion <laughs> is out. What does that mean for the Pelicans? Plus, who's got the easiest road to the finals? Is there such a thing? This is Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your source for all things NBA from the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We appreciate you guys joining us on whatever platform you decide, whether it's on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I use Pocket Cast. That's my personal favorite. Or if you're catching us on YouTube, you can catch a live version of the show. See what we look like. Comment on such things. Uh, you can also uh, check out all these shows and get, make sure to leave your comments. Thanks for joining us wherever you've decided to and being a part of our community. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first pur- purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Game Time. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, and I'm co-host over at Locked On Nuggets. His name is Andy Kaminsky. He is the host of Locked On Lakers. You can find him on Twitter at Cam Brothers. Andy, we have play-in games that are set we have first round playoff series that are already being mapped out the regular season is over i don't have to talk about the mvp anymore i'm very excited by that uh lots to get to today how you doing good man and like you i don't just name Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid. like at this point i don't care just name one of the three so at least we can get to arguing about who won and why they didn't deserve it as sure. opposed to tearing down all three before anybody's actually been named. Sure. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about the fallout from Rudy Gobert's vicious punch on Kyle Anderson on, on the arm. Uh, Kyle did not find it, find it to be vicious, uh, but the ramifications of that, what it means for the Wolves playing game versus the Lakers. Uh, we will talk about the news that Zion Williamson is not expected to return in the first round of the NBA playoffs, he was ruled out of the plan. And now Shams Rainey reports he will not return in the, pl- in the first round of the playoffs either. What does that mean if the Pelicans were to escape the play-in tournament? Plus in the final segment, we'll go over what are the easiest, best, most advantageous paths. Now that we have not all the bracket, but some of the bracket set uh, for the NBA playoffs, who's got the best sh- shot at making the finals. We'll start with the fact that the Minnesota Timberwolves, one day after Rudy Gobert lost his mind on the, during a timeout in the Wolves play, not playing last game of the regular season versus the Pelicans, it was going to determine who was going to be the nine, who was going to be the eight. Uh, the Pelicans were up double digits when Gobert took offense to Kyle Anderson, saying a number of things, but one word in particular, hauled off and punched him in the arm, he had to be separated, was sent to the back. Uh, teammates very upset. Uh, Torian Prince, in particular, very upset at the occurrence. And now, in the wake of that, Gobert has been suspended for the the play in tournament game versus the Los Angeles Lakers. This has prompted Andy, my favorite Woj bomb of all time, and I want to read it right now. Please quote: The Timberwolves had to suspend Gobert for throwing a punch but accepted that it was a shot to chest with no intent to injure Kyle Anderson and understood that Anderson called Gobert a quote bitch repeatedly on a night Gobert was playing hurt. Sources tell ESPN. 
there's just like a lot to unpack there. Mm -hmm. um, most notably is like my big takeaway from all of this is that, you know, Rudy Gobert apologized on Sunday night to Kyle on Twitter, like apologize to Wolves organization and fans and Kyle. And all <laughs> Although he did note in his apology that, you know, some things that were unkind and perhaps unfair fighting words uh, were said to him. There was a bit of sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not there. sorry. It's Maybe like, don't call me that one particular term. Right, for it's, a probably not, dog. It, it's probably not 50% sorry, not sorry. I think it was like 85% sorry, 15% all that not, sorry not all sorry you know what you did which is great it, to me i was wondering about this on twitter is just like for whatever reason that term for a female dog is like the trigger for nba players you can say any number of things but if you use that term it's hands up like well that to me though and this is off no insider knowledge whatsoever this is just observing what's been happening with the Wolves of late, but also Rudy Gobert for his last few years. The fact that there seems to be no discipline at all towards Kyle Anderson, with him apparently being the one that crossed more lines verbally, both in that scuffle on the, on the, in the huddle and also reportedly in the locker room as well. Yeah. And you could see when, Gobert threw that punch where I guess if you're going to get suspended, you don't want to go quite full Draymond, but you maybe want to get your money's worth a little bit more. You want to look a little better in the process. You may have noticed, Matt, nobody ran to defend Gobert no. at all. They all were very clearly somewhere between defending Anderson or being like, Gobert, what the hell's wrong with you, man? Yeah. Like, seriously, what's wrong? Which makes me feel like, especially since he got suspended for a very important game, when the expectation was they're not going to suspend him, this is something that's been building with Gobert for a while. I, I would be very surprised if we don't learn at some point that there has been tension brewing between Gobert and his teammates because – in and of itself, this didn't feel egregious enough to suspend a guy for a game that important when they're already down Nas Reed and Jaden McDaniel, who threw a punch at a wall and lost in the same game, broke his shooting hand. Yeah, so all of this leads to a series of very unfortunate events for a Timberwolves team that... I'll be honest with you, like, if it's felt to me watching the Wolves this entire year, like, it's been nothing but a series of unfortunate events. Like, they've had to battle through a lot. Like, you know, Gobert gets traded there. The players clearly aren't happy about it. Like, Ant's pretty clearly pouting the first, like, month of the season about it. Um, they can't get on the same page. Towns goes down. Towns gets hurt. They're missing their arguably best or second best player, depending on your hierarchy, for months on end. It takes Towns way longer to get back but they somehow scrap and they claw and they find themselves in a chance to actually make the playoffs outright. They lose to the Blazers. And then they wind up in this game. They're down double digits at home fighting on the sideline. Jaden McDaniels breaks his hand. They come back and win the game. Like, yeah, I will say this, the, the resolve of this team, the, the toughness to get through it, they stick together even as they're fighting one another um, you know, I thought it was notable Anderson was like... <laughs> or it's just that much easier with Gobert not there. Yeah, like, I thought it was really interesting that Anderson was like, not the first time a dude swung on me. <laughs> like, I thought that was, like, really kind of notable. Um, we've learned more about Kyle Anderson's background um, in a 
apparently a pretty uh, hard scrabble part of New Jersey. Yeah. Like I had, I didn't know anything about Kyle Anderson he other didn't. than you know he do, he goes zero to sixty in like five days. I, I've known nothing about him until then. We've learned a lot about like he's apparently not the one. Yeah, yeah, not the <laughs> one he want to do that with. So here's like an interesting question: is like all these bad things have gone on. Uh, they are seven and a half point dogs to the Lakers in Los Angeles on Tuesday night. It seems like fate accomplished that the Lakers are going to get a playoff spot and continue this run that they're on. And yet, like, I'll just tell you, you know, Gobert goes out and I like the Wolves anyways, in terms of the spread, I, I do kind of feel like this actually improves their chances. Jaden McDaniels to me is a much bigger loss for them oh, yeah. in this matchup than Gobert is, even with how dominant Anthony Davis has been over the last three months. Well, it's also, it's not just McDaniels, it's Nas Reed. Yeah. Nas Reed not being there as well is a big deal. Their backup center, particularly too, Laker fans will tell you this, dude typically looks like Wilt against them the last couple of years. Nas Reed has been killing them. So no Gobert, no Reed, no McDaniels. You're talking about two of the or three of the primary guys that in some way would be involved with slowing LeBron or slowing AD, you know, occupying yeah. them in some way. I never say never. And the Lakers have not been playing their sharpest basketball heading into this play in. Like if you've been as, as incredible as their turnaround has been since the all-star break and, I do think that the things they've done have been real. I'm not I'm not saying that they're the team to get out of the West, anything like that. The sample size has been too small, particularly with everybody all there present and accounted for. But just the roster on paper, much less what we've seen on the court, makes enough sense that you can say this is a legitimate team. Um, I'm not going to pen them in for winning this game just because, like you said, uh, no Gobert might declutter a few things in a way that, that makes it a little simpler for Minnesota. But I, I feel like the Lakers are the better team right now, both in terms of skill and also who's available, but also I think there's going to be a collective resolve with these guys to be like, we are getting this thing done and we are getting the rest. Like nobody needs this rest more than LeBron. And I have a feeling there's going to be a, I will be damned if we play a second game again, like coming from him, but probably AD, a lot of these other guys as well. Yeah, last time they were in the play-in, they had that kind of performance too back in 2021. Mm -hmm. uh, Lakers should win the game. I think it'll be interesting just to see if the Wolves go five out, that's their best chance of this. Is If you're missing these defenders, the best way for the Wolves to beat them is with offense. Uh, since the All-Star break, so post-trade for the Wol for the Lakers, uh, the Lakers are 20th in three-pointers per 100 possessions. The Wolves are 11th. So mm -hmm. playing five out and bombing from three – Probably their best strategy and not having Gobert actually might help with that. McDaniels does hurt there though. So we'll see what happens when the Lakers and the Wolves settle the seven seed on Tuesday on the other side. Well, Zion Williamson will not be joining the Pelicans. What does that mean for their chances in their play in tournament game versus the Oklahoma city thunder, as well as how can the Pelicans plan for the future? If Zion simply never available, we'll talk about that on the other side, but first I need to tell you about game time. So 
Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Uh, there's a lot of times when family will come in and be like, hey, can we go to a Rockies game? I live here in Colorado because you don't ever want to see that team, but the stadium's awesome. Uh, and while it's it's easy to get tickets, it's kind of overwhelming trying to sort through everything. That's why game time is great because it simplifies the entire process and makes it fast and easy to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Got great deals on game time for a concert coming up in, in Denver. Very excited for that. Got used it later for a show for the, with the national are coming. Very excited for that show as well. Um, it's an awesome, awesome app. The best place for you to, to find last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create the account and use code locked on nba l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n-n-b-a for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code locked on nba for twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed we'll be right back on locked on nba Back here on Lockdown NBA. Thanks for joining us, making us part of your day. Appreciate you guys being with us. Matt Moore alongside Andy Kamenetsky from Locked On Lakers. You can follow him on Twitter at Cam Brothers. I'm at HP Basketball. And Andy, the New Orleans Pelicans ha- had had rotten, rotten, rotten injury luck once again. A lot of teams are having rotten injury luck uh, this season. Among them is the Pelicans as it was announced or reported rather by Shams Trenia of The Athletic on Monday. Zion Williamson not expected to be back for the first round of the postseason, if at all this postseason. He is not close to returning is the word. Uh, there's been a lot of, of mumblings and grumblings about a potential setback that he suffered. The Pelicans have been vague about his status. And by that, I mean they've been vague about his status for three years now. And so it's hard <laughs> to get a sense for exactly when he's going to play. Uh, Pelicans play Thunder in the play-in game. I think the bigger question was Zion not being available. That Thunder game will be what it is. It's going to be tough. Shea Gillers Alexander is going to bring it. That Thunder team is really good, especially on the road. But my question is, is it bad to always have this, like, maybe if we can just make it till Zion gets back, we can make a – oh, he's out again. Is that bad, do you think, for a team's chemistry, continuity, for the overall – like getting guys in the right mental space if the player that they're always kind of waiting on is never really available. I mean, it's not good. I I can't I can't think of the like added benefit of it being there. Like in, unless you feel like this is the thing that keeps them motivated. Like they feel like just we're gonna have to keep rallying around this absence of Zion Williamson. I mean, there's. I don't know how bad it is necessarily in the sense that this is what they're used to. I mean, you can, I think it's more just about what it does for them long-term as an organization, because he's too good of a player when he's healthy to give up on altogether. And particularly if you're in new Orleans, you're never going to get a free agent superstar anywhere close to Zion's level when Zion's at the top of his game. I mean, he he really is an incredible player. And the things that he's able to do, you know, at that size, uh, the skill set, the speed, like his agility, all of that stuff. And, and this is, by the way, with people always worried about his conditioning, he can still do this stuff. It's kind of, it's kind of like the way people would complain about Shaq 
you know, like on one hand, yeah, Shaq never really got fully in the shape he could have. The flip side is this version of Shaq was pretty effing incredible. <laughs> like, you know, if I were him, maybe I wouldn't get in shape either. Like, you know, if I can do all this without without really doing the work, it's pretty tempting to do it that way. But it, it leaves a team, though, like New Orleans kind of stuck in neutral because there's only so much they can do to build a team through free agency. So when when Zion's not available, it just cuts off one of their paths. I mean, short term, however they do in the playoffs, assuming they get in this year is however they do. I mean, they're, they're used to playing without Zion and they've proven at least periodically that they can play well without him. They'll definitely fight without him. Like, you know, this is clearly a team that doesn't give up. But just in terms of big picture, it's hard to know exactly what they can do until either that guy's available regularly or they move in a completely different direction. Yeah, and it's it does definitely trap them in this cycle. One thing that's been true about the Pelicans this year, at least, has been uh, they've been good when Zion's been available and Brandon Ingram's been out. They've been good when Ingram's been available and Zion's been out. They really struggled when it was Zion and Ingram, especially next to Jonas Valanciunas. They weren't able to really kind of balance that. Like they were able to play Trey Murphy more alongside Herb Jones and having the wings, those those wing combos with CJ McCollum and then one big and Jonas Valanciunas kind of unlocked something. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think it puts a ceiling on what they're capable of. If people forget, like this was the best team in the Western Conference before Zion got hurt. Like, this team looked awesome. Like they were so good on both ends of the floor and everything was really clicking. And since then, it's not just uh, Zion's injury, the loss of Jose Alvarado, who is not expected to be back this season. That that also, I think, took a huge, huge hit off of them, especially because one of their big strengths was their bench unit. The lineups with Larry Nance, GTA, and uh, Zion, those lineups are some of the best in the NBA this season. And they just simply can't get to those. That, to me, is more of like the big picture here with like the Pelicans, I think, in the short term is – if you're going to make a real playoff run, you have to be able to find lineups, combinations, and structures that maximize what you do. And you have to have different options depending on who you face. The Pelicans can really only play like one way with certain personnel. They really struggle. They don't have as much versatility without Zion, and that really hurts. Well, I think also, too, with Alvarado, there's an element of unpredictability with him. Like, you know, he he's a chaos agent defensively. Yeah. and. I mean, how many times have we seen him do the sneak in from behind move where, I mean, teams have to know it's coming by now and yet yet it still can be effective. Like, and that sort of thing, when you're talking about a team that's missing their best player all the time, you need the, the unpredictable elements, like something that can throw a wrench into what your opponent's trying to do to him. So missing Alvarado that way beyond just, the skill that he actually brings as a defender and at times as an outside shooter, they're, they're going to miss that as well. You know, they're just, they're, they're never taking three full steps forward. It's just like two, then a step back, two and a half, one and a half back. And I'm sure it's frustrating to everybody involved, including Zion. A hundred percent. I don't really know what the answer is for the Pelicans. We'll see what they do as the offseason approaches and if they can finally get a full season of Zion Williamson healthy. On the other side, we're going to ask a question of who's got the best path to the finals. The bracket's not completely set. We still have four teams to figure out, but we know what it's going to mostly likely look like. We'll talk about that on the other side. But first, I need to tell you about prize picks. 
Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. You pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their prize picks projections, and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Not competing against other people, it's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, disc golf. Eurobasket, cricket, and more. Uh, one thing I definitely will be on this weekend is going to be Isaac Okoro overs. I looked at some of the numbers. He's got to play a lot of minutes versus the Knicks in order to slow down Jalen Brunson Emmanuel quickly because the rest of the Cavs defenders had a real hard time stopping those guys in the regular season. Injuries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. Price picks offer safe and fast withdrawals and is currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. Download the Price Picks app or go to pricepicks.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. If you put in $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, at sign up. For an instant deposit match up to $100, prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. We'll be right back on Locked On NBA. Final segment here on Locked On NBA. Matt Moore alongside Andy Kamenetsky breaking down all things NBA playoffs with you for a Tuesday as the NBA playing tournament starts on Tuesday night. So a lot of seeds to be decided. But Andy, we do know that Celtics are two, Bucks are one. Nets will play Sixers. The Cavs will play Knicks. We know the Warriors will play the Kings. Warriors favorites in that series, by the way. Uh, and the Clippers will play the Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. So when we kind of look at the bracket, and we still, I think, have to decide where the Lakers fit in because they're the most important team in all of this as far as, like, figuring out these paths. You mean the most important team in all of sports, Matt? Sure, 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 sure. Okay, Let's be clear. just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, 100%. Um, Who's got the best path, right? Because usually it's pretty easy. You just say like, oh, it's like the number one seed because they're going to have the easiest path. But like in the Western Conference, you know, the Nuggets are going to have to go uh, through what could be, could could be uh, a Los Angeles Lakers team. And if not, then at least a scrappy Wolves team we know is tough or potentially the Pelicans, you know, in that spot or, or the thunder, you know, a thunder team with nothing to lose. Then the second round, they're very likely, likely to get the Phoenix suns with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker and Chris Paul. And if not, they'll get the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard and potentially pull George back by then. So uh tough route for them. When you look at the whole playoff board, who do you think has the best path to make the finals? Well, I'll start with the conference that I think is a little bit easier to figure out, which is the East. I think it's Philly. Because they're, they're, yeah, because their opening round series against the Nets should be a pretty easy one for them. And if anything, I think allows them something of a tune up. Like, I, I actually like a lot of what the Nets did in terms of rebuilding post Kyrie, post Durant, which they didn't want to do. And I think they did it a lot from a place of disadvantage. And I think they actually put together a pretty solid team and I, and I like bridges as a potential piece but they're not ready for a deep run and then you get to a theoretical second round against Boston and I think they've got the single best player in that matchup um and obviously Boston they, they've had some success guarding Embiid but 
they haven't exactly figured out, just like pretty much anybody, how to completely stop him. And it seems like Boston, while there's, you know, Boston's a good team, but they really shot out of the gates super hot. And since the first couple months of the season, I think it looked more ordinary good than like front runner to win the championship. And, you know, this all becomes very relative. And then if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, presumably against Milwaukee, that's tough. But A, your third round match should be tough. And B, there's there's going to be, it seems like, this question about Chris Middleton for you know, however long the Bucks are in the playoffs. And Middleton is a really important part of what they do. So if I had to pick the one in the East, you know, Let's make sure for all the fan bases listening to this now and, and pissed off. Easiest is a relative thing. I'm not saying any of this is a cakewalk, I guess, other than what I said about the Nets. So that should be a cakewalk. But um, that's who I would say is, relatively speaking, I think the easiest path, Philly. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so in the East, I would go I would go chalk with the Bucks, And the reason is, you know, they're going to get um, – it's very likely that the Heat win that, that first-round game. So the Bucks are going to get the Raptors, the Hawks, or the Bulls. And those are three teams that make me sad inside. Those <laughs> are just very sad. And like the Raptors will probably be a pain because that's what they do. The Hawks will not be, and the Bulls no. will not be. And they mm-hmm. just do not match up. Like the Raptors could probably like annoyingly hang around in a series a little bit, but Milwaukee's probably going to get passed. Uh, then the second round, like, I love the matchup for the Cavaliers if they had gotten the Celtics as the one seed. I love that matchup. Two bigs versus Horford and Williams. You got big, long defenders to you know, pack the paint inside. You got Donovan Mitchell to go ahead and attack all those switches. That's a good matchup. Instead, the Cavaliers, if they advance past the Knicks, are going to get the Bucks, And that's just not like the Cavs are like, we're big. We play two bigs with Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. And the Bucks are like, we, we have two of the largest human beings on the planet. And they're both awesome, and they're extremely strong. Good luck with you, to, to you, sir. And so, uh, the, to me, the Bucks have a really good line. Meanwhile, on the other side, the Celtics might get past, or the Sixers might get past the Celtics, but the Celtics have owned Embiid. Like they just, they really have. Especially with Horford, the record is really impressive in terms of their win loss record. So that series probably goes long, even if Embiid and Harden can pull it out. So you're talking about those two teams that probably go six to seven games tough physical brutal ex- emotionally exhausting series you get through all that and you're headed to milwaukee for game one and run into Giannis. so um i'll i'll play chalk on the eastern conference in the west this is hard to figure out i like the warriors so golden state gets the kings and god bless them light the beam loved them this year awesome team great story not prepared at all for what they're about to face. Um, looking at all the numbers, I increasingly like, I was like, surely I can find a way that the Kings can win this series. And I was like, started looking at things and was like, there is no way the Kings can win. This <laughs> um, so the, I think the Warriors are going to get past them. Uh, Grizzlies is a, is a tough matchup for Golden State. It's been that way, but the loss of Brandon Clark and Steven Adams really limits them. The reality is, like, they may not even face the Grizzlies because they may get the Lakers. And again, we run into a situation where. Like that'll be if it's Lakers Warriors, that sound you hear is just like the NBA execs just running around their house screaming with joy, just like a Muppet, just I'm so happy. 
with finally getting that series. Um, but look, the Lakers can have been much, 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 much better. You'd still rather face the Lakers in the second round than like the Suns because it's Kevin sure. Durant and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Maybe, although the Lakers have had the Warriors number this year. I mean, and that was they even that was even pre uh, trade deadline. Yep. They've played, they've, I believe they're three and one this yep. year. Like they've they been are. really good against Golden State. They have been. Um, and I'll be a tough series because Anthony Davis presents a lot of problems for their big lineup and LeBron's a problem for anybody. And Austin Reeves apparently will shoot 7,000 free throws and Draymond will get, you know, foul out in several games. Okay. But Austin I, Reeves has earned it. Yeah. I, I that guy's been around a long the, time. Just like the Lakers also, a lot of their roster is still really inexperienced as far as playoff runs. That like, is true. They don't have as much experience. And Golden State's pretty well tested. And then if Golden State were to get past them, kind of similar to that Eastern Conference question, right? Where you've got Denver and Phoenix, that probably goes long. Like that probably is a tough series either way. Suns might come out of it. Suns, a lot of injury questions with Chris Paul, a lot of injury questions with Kevin Durant, a thin bench so that the Warriors' terrible bench doesn't get taken advantage of as much. So some opportunity there would be a tough matchup. Switching teams give the Suns a lot of problems. So I'm going to say in the West, I like the, the Warriors. I think their path to the finals is maybe best going into the playoffs. This is really hard for me because to be totally honest, I'm not sold on any of the teams in the West. Uh, I think they're all, I think many of them are good. I'm not sold on any one of them being definitively better than the other. That includes Phoenix. Uh, I'm inviting myself to end up on freezing cold takes uh, on Twitter, but Phoenix doesn't really scare me. Ooh. Like, they don't. I'm not, I'm not saying that they can't be good, but, and I know that the sample size with Durant has been really impressive. They also really haven't played anybody. The, most of the wins that they got with Durant were against bad teams or against good teams missing very specific players. As you mentioned, there's a fragility question. There's also a top-heavy question. And they're against Denver, for example, I think they have more good defenders, more wing defenders that they can throw at Durant and Devin Booker and to the whatever degree Chris Paul still requires it and at least disrupt things, try to make things difficult, then Phoenix can turn around and throw at Denver and different ways that they can try to disrupt what Denver's doing. Golden State, I need to see evidence of them actually being able to beat good teams on the road because the baseline of can't ever lose at home starts becoming really, really difficult once you're playing against good teams. Like you, you actually need to be able to win some road games. Like if, you, if you're really a championship threat. I, uh, I looked up teams. So the Warriors finished with 30 road losses. I looked up teams that made the playoffs with 30 road losses in NBA history. There were 18 of them. 17 of them lost in the first round. Yeah. So, I mean, and look, let's be honest. Golden State has not looked the part this year. Yeah. They just, they simply have not. And I, this, and this may be me like carrying sort of a post-traumatic stress syndrome from covering the 2011 Lakers. And this was the Kobe Powell team that was going for a three-peat. And that year they were good, but they didn't look great. And they often looked kind of off. And there was this both local and national expectation that when the time came in the playoffs, they would be able to flip the um, you know proverbial switch 
and they would go into the mode that won them two straight championships. And as it turned out, either the switch didn't exist or they didn't know where to locate it because they were not good in the playoffs at all. And ever since then, I've been really gun shy about just leaning back on a team's past success when you're not seeing evidence of it. So who is the team in the West that you, that you lean towards? I actually think it's Denver. Oh, okay. I actually think it's Denver because at the end of the day, I'm going to take the team that has been the best all year and also has a really, really good home court advantage. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of concerns about, about Denver. Uh, here, here's like the, the, the short you book should. on Denver is they looked like garbage for a month and a half. They looked like gods for three months. They looked like garbage for a month and a half. So if I got half the year as garbage and half the year as gods, I don't know how to balance that out in the end. We'll see. Well, does it always go garbage? God, gar- like, where are you in the cycle? It does it always alternate perfectly. Like, no, it's like, it's, it's regimented? like, you know, they were, they were gods from like December when they were home heavy December through all-star break. And then they clinched the one seed by beating Memphis, not clinched it, but like that basically wrapped it up uh, in early March. And then they just were like, and we're done. And just like have not played seriously since. I, well, the, okay. Then I guess what it really comes down to is how much do you think the leveling off has been weaknesses exposed versus boredom? I think my problem is I don't trust them to they're they're operating on the switch flip. Well, I mean, yeah, look, you've seen way more of them than I have. So I yeah. mean, you, you would have a better idea of this. Although you know this too, I've discovered this with Lakers. Sometimes you become hypercritical, too critical of the teams that you actually see 82 True. games worth of. True. Uh, I will say like the other side of the bracket is very interesting. If the Grizzlies are just too banged up, if it's not the Warriors, if you question the Warriors, might 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 be the Los Angeles Lakers it, if they win tomorrow night. So. It actually could be. It, could it be. actually, I'm not I'm not ruling them out. I'm <laughs> just afraid of verbal jinxes. Hey, and it's just it's good to see you know some good luck finally befalling the hard luck franchise of the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers. Look, man, the league has been conspiring ever <laughs> since they arrived in Los Angeles to keep them down, and sure. at some point, even. Adam Silver and the ghost of David Stern can't can't keep a plucky little mom and pop franchise down. <laughs> we believe the Los mm-hmm. Angeles Lakers story. All right, he's got to wrap it up for Locked On NBA for a Tuesday. Thanks for joining us. You can follow Andy on Twitter at Cam Brothers. I'm on Twitter at HB Basketball. You can check him out over at the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm over at Locked On Nuggets. Make sure to check out Game to Game. It is. Every moment, every top performance, every result. It covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. We'll see you guys again next time. Thanks for joining us on Locked On NBA.